We are part of the Fired Up Sports Network of shows. Please check out other Fired Up Sports Network podcasts like the P-Lot Pod, What Are Cooler Talk, Bell Smashers, Philly Sports Love and Pain, Drunk on Broad, Beer Battered Sports, and the Fired Up Sports Show, which are available on all major podcasting hosting sites and social media. Also, check out Mark Ramos' Ramos Roundup on FiredUpSports.com, which breaks down the happenings going on with all your favorite local teams. Talking a little fills. It's drunk on the fightings, episode one thirty four. Eric, what's going on, brother? How we doing? Doing great. Always feeling a little better after a after a nice win. So that's uh, we're on the, on the right track here. Yeah, and listen, the way that the that series ended in San Fran, when you that the 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 poetic justice that happened in the ninth inning, you could have only thought that it might translate to a win. And then things just fall apart and you really had an opportunity to get some, to really dramatically increase that separation between yourself and the giants in that wild card race. You don't get it. It is what it is, but it is nice to come back. You know, you, you give up two runs early, you know, and I'll be honest, I'm sitting there going, here we go. Right. I think I heard Cruck last night say it's the fifth straight game that they've started off in a deficit. I just really want this team to give us a couple wins where we can like get five runs early and just kind of like cruise. But it doesn't say like that they're just this team this year that just has to play from behind. Yeah. And you know, I mean, it, it, it's exciting. Um, the game the other night, uh, the one where they lost, I guess it was Wednesday night when they you know, lost the, the final game to the Giants there. It was one of those things where I feel like for most of the game, you know, the offense was leaving guys on base striking out you know chasing pitches out of the zone um and then you know but it's like I, I just feel like this team has that ability right now where you don't really feel like they're ever out of it uh especially when you got Bryce Harper on this torrent pace he's on right now but that was a game where you know if, if you asked me prior to the Giants series right I said okay two out of three at this point just win series right two out of three I would have been happy with for some reason though I was like still bitter because it's like we should have actually had that game um so, you know, it, it is what it is. Like you said, won the series. Got to come out and uh, take care of business against a team that, that's been struggling with the Cardinals, right? Um, they did that last night. And it's something with Philly's pitchers right now where they love giving up runs in, like, the first and second inning and then settling in. And then the team, like, doesn't score again. So I'm kind of okay with it. I mean, you know, Sanchez had a rough first last night, but then he settled in and I'm going six innings. And the offense just kind of took it away from there. So, um you know, that's just really what they have to do. Uh, just, you know, keep shipping away at, at these early leads or early deficits 
and, uh, and and keep making it happen. But I think I saw something that almost like half of their wins this season have been like from come, you know, come from behind wins. So I don't know, maybe this team just likes chasing. I saw something similar. Um, it, the, the dramatic shift in performance from this team. And it seems like that, that ovation game a couple weeks ago has really been a kind of jumping off point for the rest of the team. It's almost like everybody just kind of took, they took a step back. They realized that if they just play their game, there's not a lot of teams that can compete with them. Um, and it's essentially them and the Braves. I feel like, cause I feel like the, the other teams, like, yes, the Dodgers kind of the Brewers, but I really feel like at the end of the day, the NL East, whoever comes out of that NL East, whoever goes further, I feel like that's the team that's going to represent the, you know, the, the NL in the world series. And I'm looking at, I like how the as impressive, as impressive as the Braves offense is. I really feel like the, the matchup is there for the Phillies to be able to take that series. Yeah. I, you know, I was actually just talking about this uh, last night, you know, there's, I feel like, Whenever you have a team that is that dominant in the regular season, right? We we see we saw it back in 01 with the Mariners. They won like 116 games, and you know, and, and couldn't seal the deal. The uh, 11 Phillies, right? They won 102 games, couldn't seal the deal. It, it's it's really hard to then you know playing that well in the regular season is one thing, but the postseason is just a totally different thing, right? We saw it last year with the Phillies. Realistically, they were not the best team in the National League last year. But they got hot at the right time, and they won games that they had to win. So, really, anything can happen once you get in there. The team that I would actually be uh, the, the Brewers don't really don't really scare me. The Dodgers, I think, are missing some some, some pitching right now. So I, they're mm-hmm. they're a beatable team. They're a good team. Don't get me wrong, but they're beatable. I think. Um, you know, a team I would not want to face if they were able to sneak in uh, the Cubs. I feel like a hot Cubs team would be. W- could actually you know pose some problems to any team not just the Phillies but I think a hot Cubs team coming in because there's some guys there it's not like it's crazy look at the lineup it's not like a real intimidating lineup but when that team gets on a roll they get on a roll um so I'm kind of hoping that you know they can kind of start losing some games and, and don't make it make it in uh because I actually I really would not mind a Phillies Braves matchup in uh in the uh division series I think you know their offense obviously is you know out of this world but we showed last year, you know, we can we we hit Strider in the in the playoffs. Uh, Max mm-hmm. is coming back from that injury. He has not been himself uh, coming back. I, I think their pitching is is gettable. Uh, their starting pitching, their bullpen's really good. Mm-hmm. Their lineup, yeah, no, worry about. Yeah, I mean, listen, he, the the they're gonna set the 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 MLB record for home runs in a you know team home mm-hmm. runs in a season. They're just you know on a torrid pace. I mean, they're. I'm looking at the record right now. They're 83 and 44. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're just winning series after series after series. Um, you know, the, I, I agree with you with the Cubs. Um, the Cubs are a team that remind me a lot of the Phillies last year. Yep. Like a, sne- a sneaky team going to, you know, come in on the back end of the, the playoff race. I just, I don't know. I feel like, 
being the number one wild card team is going to be paramount because you essentially you, you get that first series that whatever team that's going to you know play you're going to get those three games you're going to get those games at home mm-hmm. and that is going to be paramount to jumping off the that playoff race and listen we've seen this building in the playoffs we've seen it in august that, just this week it's been crazy and i was going to say you, you had kind of feels of that this mm-hmm. week right you know there's a bunch of games where they're you know packing in 40 plus thousand on, on a game in the middle of the week in august which is normally like a dead time normally people mm-hmm. are down the shore normally people are away they're getting in those last minute vacations but i mean they're putting forty thousand. you know f- i want to say all three games with the giants were i think so yeah like i, I mean I'm not gonna have to go fact check the attendance but like the they had that feel and the games have that feel mm-hmm. right the, the the comeback wins the way that they win the first two games against the giants um, and God, you know, what better feeling, right. than the, you know, the, the game where they come back and Trey Turner, the, the ball goes off the glove, just misses the guy and set, you know, you know, diving towards second base. You just get this feel like there's that, that mad, all, all those feels that we had going into the, the playoffs last year. I'm feeling those feels I'm, I'm, I'm getting that feeling like, we're about to like turn over and really create some separation, right? They're, you know, three games, they're three games North of the next wild card. So like these, these games against some lesser opponents are going to be paramount in you order have to, take to them. really create them, create that space. Yep. No, absolutely. It's one of those things where I think, you know, it, it, yeah, it was the, uh, the walk-off on, um, on Tuesday night. That like if you took the the, the timestamp off of any of the videos that you were circulating on on Twitter or anything like that, you could have you could have said that was a playoff game, and I think you know people could believe it, right? If they were if they didn't watch the game or if you showed them down the road, that's how loud that place was, and it was so cool just seeing you know as as guys started getting on base, right? You started seeing the crowd get more and more into it, right? They start standing up, it starts getting loud in there, and Rob Thompson said it. I know he said it after the postseason last year, but he was on um, on the morning show uh, on mm. Wednesday, I guess it was. And he reiterated that, you know, opposing coaches and managers all are just like what how how other teams feel about playing in, in, in this uh in this park. So and the and the players, I feel like this is a team where you have you I don't really remember a team that have been so involved with the fans, right? I mean, Bryce Harper, yeah. some of it some of it was pandering, but how many times does he say, you know, every time he talks, he talks about how great Philly is, how great the fans mm-hmm. are. You know, Trey, Trey Turner obviously saw that side of everything after that ovation, and and it really boosted the rest of the team. Thompson talked about it. Castellanos talked about it. Stott talked about it. Like, all these guys now are – like, I feel like there's, like, a, a genuine connection between this team and, and the fan base. Uh, so, if they could go on a run, this could be – this could, this it, it could rival last October uh, and, and be a really, really fun fall. Oh, my God. I like – and you could argue that this team – outside of the Hoskins injury is just as, if not more talented, the bullpen is, is, is deeper. There's more talent on it. Like I I feel like they need to use the rest of the season to really feel out and get everybody in a role in that bullpen Mm -hmm. so that they know, right. Seventh inning, 
long man, call it like define those roles so that when you are in those playoff races, there's no questions. Um, you know, and Ra- Rangers out with the injury. So it, it, it does shorten what would have been, you know, a three, you know, the not three, but like the, that six man rotation obviously now goes back mm-hmm. to five. What are your feelings on that? Cause I, I like the idea of the six man rotation in order to be able to stretch guys out. Maybe you're using them less. You're using the bullpen guys less because the guys are stretched out. They're going longer. And now you're, you're kind of, what, what are your feelings on that right now? So I'm, I was okay with using the six man rotation for a cup for, you know, a week or two, a series or two, but eventually it's going to start taxing the bullpen because even though, you know, you, you know, luckily it worked out that when we were using the six man rotation, all of our starters were pitching deep into games. So it did work out because you were able to save your bullpen a little bit, but realistically, you know, there's going to be times where starters are going to falter and they're going to end up coming out by you know, the fifth inning or so. And mm-hmm. then you're down a reliever because you have that extra starter. So I think, you know, it's it's good every now and then to give these guys a break uh, and, and and allow them to have that extra day of rest or two. Uh, but eventually it's going to start taxing the pen. Also, I'm pretty sure guys like Wheeler, um, I don't know how 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 much they like having that much time off in between in between starts because he, he, he did not look sharp coming out, uh, you know, last Sunday against the Nationals and Lily Classic. Um, Lorenzen had nine days off in between, not, not this most recent start, but in between the no hitter and that start, he got lit up, uh, Mm -hmm. by, by Washington. And, um, so I think, you know, there's, there's a fine line, right? Like every now and then giving those guys an extra day, like guys like Nola benefit from that. Right. But not everyone does. So I think, you know, again, you kind of got to get a feel from your guys, like certain guys are okay with having that extra time and, and can, and can work on it. Other guys have their routine. Um, like think if Roy, like Roy Halliday, if, if you told him he was getting, you know, five or six days rest instead of his typical normal rest, he'd be like, no, you know, he, he was so <laughs> yeah. prepared. And so like, he would not let that happen. So for every guy's a little different. Um, and I really think, you know, we're starting to see it with some of these guys like Kimbrell, you can't, you can't be mad at the guy. He's had a, an awesome season, but you know, yeah. he, he, he didn't have control and, and kind of blew that game Wednesday uh, in the, in the tent there. But so I, you know, these the bullpen guys were taxed early in the season. Um, yeah. You know, the Alvarado injury, luckily the bullpen was able to stay, you know, stay healthy and, and stay consistent while he was out. The only good thing about that injury, he should be fresh. He, you know, he pitched a ton in the beginning of the year, but he had almost yeah. now a month and a half, two months off where, where he wasn't, you know, in, in those high leverage situations. So having a fresh Alvarado back is good, but I get nervous about guys like Strom, you know, Kimbrel, they've been pitching a lot, uh, and you, I just get worried, you know, that they're going to run out of gas at at the wrong time. So I think, you know, having that yeah. extra defense spot right now is is paramount. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, what are your thoughts? We, we know that Rob Thompson is not going to move off the Schwarber leadoff, and I got and, and I want to get your feelings on it because then I got a I got a stat that I that I found from Matt Gelb that I want to throw at you. So. I uh, I heard Thompson's remarks about Schwarber in the leadoff. You know what? And he he, he said exactly what we said a couple of weeks ago. You know, they they're winning. Like you know, he might have a 187 batting average or whatever it is. But I was actually looking at this before the show. Um, over the last seven days, now this isn't a number that's going to blow people out of the water, but for Schwarber it might. Over the last seven days, he's hitting 286, and his OPS is almost uh, you know 1300. So 
you know, he's he's doing what he's got to do. His his on his on base percentage over that time is like 333. He's drawn walks, he's getting on base, and he's I think he's hit three home runs in the last week, and some of them have been absolute behemoths. Just I'm okay with him bombs. starting there because we said this, we, we said this before, and Thompson kind of reiterated it too. You know, he's he's not gonna hit for average. We know that about Kyle Schwarber, right? right. But he leads off realistically one time a game, right? That first that yeah. first time. Anyone could lead off another inning, right? There's a chance he leaves he leaves off again in the fourth or the fifth or the sixth. But you know, so could you know, so could Marsh, so could Turner, so could right. anyone. I'm okay with leaving him there because it seems like that the if 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 he's going, the team's going. Now you got Turner hitting behind him, and Turner's on a tear. Harper's on a tear. So like you're one, two, three right now. I don't. You just. I think you don't fix it. You know if it's not broken. Yeah. Then listen, you know, it seems like all the conversation around Harper, maybe the power not coming back and it's back. back. Like even the balls that even on balls that he's hitting that are that are outs, Mm -hmm. like they are they're just missiles. Like the ball is coming off his bat so well and so hard now that like that that kind of you can put that conversation to bed. Now, the stat I want to throw you from Matt Gelb since June 2nd when the Phillies moved Schwarber back to the leadoff spot, there are two hitters in major league baseball who have 20 plus home runs and 50 walks. Him and Otani. Him and Otani. Otani. Like, yep. And it's it, like, and, and I know, listen, you, you can make, you, you can create stats to dance and, and, and kind of get them to fit the scenario. But like, I, Cause I, cause I know the conversation is like, yes, for the, that is factually accurate. The amount of times that he's striking out, he's going to strike out over 200 times. Absolutely. His strikeouts are going to be probably well above his season average, <laughs> but it were, but right now it's working. And I think the scenario that you just mentioned, right. He, he, the, the time that he's coming up to lead off in a game is normally one, maybe two times. Mm-hmm. And now the way that they have the lineup stacked with, you know, it's either Marsh or Rojas or some combination of those guys at the back end of the lineup. And those guys, the back end of this lineup has literally carried this team because this team the, when, when the front end of that lineup, when all your heavy hitters weren't, weren't getting on base, were, were in dry spells, those were the guys that were getting on base. Those were the guys that were driving in runs. So that's why I'm kind of okay with it because those guys have been on base when he's coming up in the third, fourth, fifth, in, the, in the rest of those innings. Most of the time when he's coming up, those guys have been on base because they're doing a good job. Yeah, exactly. And so, and that's the thing. I, and it's, it's really because, you know, now the pitchers don't hit, right? If, if the pitchers still hit, then you basically have, okay, now, then you got to think about taking Schwarber out of the leadoff spot because, you know, right. the nine hole is basically an automatic out. And then you don't want to have, you know, nine and one, you know, basically being, being easy, easy strikeouts. But with the DH now, you, know, you can kind of, uh, the leadoff spot doesn't hold the same value it, it used to. Um, right. Obviously, it's important uh, to to get on base, but again, you know, if if he gets if he strikes out in the first the first at bat of the first inning, you know, no one's on base. It's not a big situation. It is what it is, right? If he now if he hits a leadoff home run, where's the momentum go? It all goes to the Phillies, 
And right. so I, I see why they're doing it. Um, but, and, and again, I, it's going to be one of those things because people have this idea of a leadoff hitter, right? A leadoff hitter should hit 300. They should steal 30 bases, right? It's just baseball's changed. And again, it would be great if, if you could have guys doing that still, but it's not as necessary as, as it once was because now you don't have that automatic out in, in the nine hole. And, you know, Schwarber's going to lead off a couple times a game. Now, again, he could be hitting fourth or fifth and still make the last out in the ninth inning by striking out, right? It doesn't matter where he's hitting in the lineup, but the only time it's really going to matter is that first bat of the game, which isn't going to change the complexion of anything. Gotcha. What, what are your thoughts on the 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 Little League World Series, the, Little League, the, the, the classic, taking that Sunday night game and playing it there? I think it's really cool. You know, it's um, – I think the broadcast is a little much because it's like it's kind of hard to focus on the actual game just because there's so much other stuff going on. But you know, it's, yeah. it's awesome for those little leaguers. I mean, think about that the 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 media game that all the players went to on Sunday afternoon. You know, before their game started, like how cool is that? I mean, you got Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins like going nuts for you. Uh, it's for those guys. You know, it's a really cool experience. It's great for the kids there. For one game, it is what it yeah. is. I wouldn't want to you know play a whole series there. I think there's too many distractions. Yeah. But for one game, it is what it is. It's cool for the players to interact with the kids. It's cool they get to have some fun. Like Harper got to have his fanatic bat. Stock got to have his pencil bat. Um, yeah. The players get to have some fun. The kids get to have some fun. I think it, it's a good way to, to, to grow the game and showcase the game. I, I, I loved it. I loved the fact that, one, that the Phillies are playing there. But, mm. two, I love that we also had a team at the Little League World Series that everybody kind of had rallied around the team for media. Um Love that the like that that scene of those four, you know, there were four or five, six players all in their jerseys, all like literally just sitting with the meet the 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 families from the team, yeah. the media, and then the kid gets a big hit, and they're and you know the, the they're doing the ah, the, the Pedro Serrano like. Mm-hmm. I just loved it, man. It was so cool, and it was like they were they were fans, like they were they were just. They were being kids. Um, and like you said, the the unique bats that they were able to use, um, the all the all the things that make baseball fun, they were able to kind of like cram all that stuff in into that one game, right? The Bryce Stott, Bryson Stott wore the the spikes, the two different spikes. He had and, and he had the kids from media the kid. and the kids from Nevada sign the spikes. Yeah. Um, like the the Castellanos, he gifted the entire media team replica bats of the bat that he used. Like mm-hmm. all those little things, like you said, are just great ways to kind of grow the game. I just, and so I wanted to mention something to you, right? So the MLB has a couple of unique games that they play like this, right? So you've got the field of the, you got the field of dreams game, which I think should be showcased maybe a little bit more. Yeah, but you've also you've got the Little League World Series. Uh, they play a game at the College World Series. Um, they play a game in Fort Bragg, um, and then there's a Paradise Series in in Hawaii that I didn't really know about. But I don't know about that one. Where is there a place that you can think of that they could play akin to kind of those games? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, they're, they're doing a good job with, you know, trying to do it internationally, right. Getting games in London. They played those games in, okay. in Mexico That's city. Right. Um, Mexico city games are, 
hilarious to watch because the altitude there is crazier than Coors Field. So <laughs> the ball just goes, it's true. goes a million miles. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, like I said, I think they're actually doing a pretty good job. And, you know, attendance this year, I think a lot of it has to do with the pitch clock and games being shorter and stuff like that. But, I mean, everything you're seeing, attendance, I think, is up like, you know, 9% or something from from last mm-hmm. year, which, you know, might not seem like a lot, but that's a, that over the course of, you know, 30 stadiums, that's a that's a ton of people. Um, we've seen it with Citizens Bank Park, right? It's it, We're seeing, yeah. you know, sellouts way more frequently. So I think they're doing a good job of, of growing the game and making it more accessible. Um, and you know, a lot of what a lot of teams do, maybe, you know, and, and I think Major League Baseball is actually doing it too. They just announced um, last week that Rollins and Howard are teaming up with a bunch of other former players and trying to grow the game uh, just like around the country. And like the Phillies have like that, that RBI where they try to grow it in inner cities mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I think, you know, th- there's a lot of different ways to try to do it. And I think they have most of the, most of the areas I can think of covered. Um, did you have anything that, that you could think of would be kind of cool to do? Cause I'm trying to think of like other like historical, like baseball type things. I do have one. So, the, so, so I just was just looking it up. That paradise series was played in 1997. Oh, that's why. Okay. So there was, <laughs> it was a series between the Cardinals and Padres. Now there is okay. one place, right? I feel like we're, we're they're missing a giant opportunity to play a series at Cooperstown. Now I know that they would yeah, have to yeah, do some, I, I know that the field there isn't necessarily like MLB size. It's right. more akin to that high school Connie Mac. Um, I remember I, I played, we, we played a game up there when I was playing like American Legion. So it's more akin to the size of that field, but I feel like you're missing a giant opportunity. Like if you played a series there, the weekend of hall of fame induction. Yeah. That'd be cool. Like that to me would be, would be a cool thing. Um, I also feel like you could play more games like in Iowa, like that field of dreams. And I know that they want to keep that, like that exclusive, like, Mm -hmm keep it special um but to me like if you can take that if you can take the game to places where it's not traditionally played you know because if you look at where the mlb teams are located there's a lot of empty ground in the middle of the country where you could really grow this game and it's not like there are not stadiums there right there's minor league baseball stadiums and independent yeah all across the country like you could very easily go to those places and grow those games but cooperstown was one that i was like you're you're missing a huge opportunity and i know that it it would take some work right you would have to build some stands you would have to build um some you know you'd have to expand the field you'd have to push it out to make it mlb size but to me like you've got you've got everything you've got all the pageantry of the game all right there like that double day field right there is like mm-hmm. to me that would hit just just on the right feels of like and even like you could try to line it up with whoever's getting inducted right if it yeah if it's, get those teams to play right so that was the only but that that was that was the one that i saw that i was like why do i feel like i'm like why have i played there and there hasn't been an, <laughs> the the mlb has not played there yeah, I mean, if logistics work out, it's a great idea. Uh, like, mm-hmm. And like I said, during induction weekend would be great because there's already a, you know, a bunch of people up there. Gives them one extra thing to do. Uh, and yeah, it's a, it would be a good way to showcase sh- showcase you know, the, you know, the home of baseball. So that would be a cool one. All right. 
listen, we'll play some, we'll play some commercial breaks. We'll come back, talk some MLB, and then we're going to talk some rule changes. Von C. Brewing Company is a 20-barrel, 16,000-square-foot microbrewery with a 2,500-square-foot tasting room, including a spacious outside beer garden in Norristown, PA, in the heart of Montgomery County. The Von C. family is part of the family that started C. Schmidt and Son Brewing in 1860. Stop in Wednesday through Sunday and taste a variety of draft and 16-ounce cans of originally brewed beer and tell them the Drunk on Broad crew sent you. Vonsi Brewing is located at 1210 Stenbridge Street, Suite 300 in Norristown. Cheers! Team Clicks are the only glasses for real sports fans. With interchangeable arms you can support all of your favorite teams or even make and create custom options as well. These die-hard sports fans have realized that sports fans needed something other than face paint to show their love and passion for their teams. Go to teamclicks.com slash DOB and show your love for your hometown team. Lotorin's curated collection of men's and women's watches is a perfect investment that lasts for years to come and fits perfectly with your every outfit and style. Our range of classic watches aren't just a great perfect formal and casual accessory, but a time machine that takes you back to memories. Explore our collection of timeless watches that can reflect your taste, personality, and personal style. Our exclusive collection of carefully curated affordable luxury watches is what you need to make a personalized style statement. You can take pride in your prized possession, handing it over to the next generations as your most loved asset that they can also own and display with the same pride. These high quality pieces stand the test of time, giving exceptional value and return on your investment. Those are locked. Dash tourain.com and use code DOB at checkout and get 10% off. If you're looking for unique sports apparel, check out Streaker Sports. They've dug deep into the archives and have brought back some incredible defunct team logos and have even created entire defunct league collections. They also have collections paying homage to sports culture including the Miracle on Ice, Slapshot, Kadishak, the Mighty Ducks, and even have a license with Whiffle Ball and USA Hockey. Only for Drunk on Broad listeners, use code BROAD at checkout to get 10% off anything at streakersports.com. Again that's 10% off anything at streakersports.com with discount code BROAD. Alright, we're back. Before we get into what's going on around Major League Baseball, can we please, please have the conversation about what is an error and what is a hit? Because it seems like it's something that's going on all over baseball. It seems like everybody that is commenting about baseball knows that it's happening, but Major League Baseball just continues to ignore it. It seems like there's that it, that it's intentioned. It seems like it there there's a almost like a directive to be able to uh, score more favor favorably for the hitter than it is just how you would score traditionally. Yeah, definitely. This year has been, I mean, I feel like for the last couple of years, it's kind of been trending in that direction, but this year it's, it's, I think more obvious. Um, 
I was watching, I think it was the Yankees Nationals the other night, and Lane Thomas and uh, Stone Garrett were both going for a ball, hit Stone Garrett in the glove, falls, the Yankees score. And at that time, it was ruled a hit. I never went back to see if it was changed. But I'm like, if that's a hit, then I don't know what an error would be. Now, there's some that are close. It's like, okay, you can kind of see why they're doing it. But, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, is it – again, this is all a conspiracy theory I'm just throwing out there. But, you know, does the players' <laughs> union want – want more things to be considered hits number one it it, it, it uh had stats of hitters and makes defenders look better so i don't know I, that, again that, that's totally I, I that's just you know a deep state conspiracy theory i have there but i so who knows i don't know it i think for um for pitchers it's a bit unfair though because you know now runs that would be considered unearned or being considered earned so I, I i don't know it's weird though and that yeah and you're right everyone's talking about it like it's been it's been written about it's been talked about on on you know tv shows and yeah it's just kind of like huh, okay whatever it's, it, it's wild because like you you would think that like the team would discourage the broadcast from talking about it please right. please don't acknowledge it please don't talk about it but they speak very openly and very freely, almost in like a comical joking way that right. they're like, like, Oh, like there was a play. I want to say it was either this past week with, with Rojas in, in center field where he's, you know, he's, he and Schwarber are kind of coming together and hits his glove and drops off. And T-Mac is like jokingly going, <laughs> I wonder if that's going to, I wonder if they're going to give him a hit for it. Right. And like, and then the other play the other night where Marsh, I think Marsh and Castellanos are coming and the ball lands completely in between the two of them. Yep. The conversation is so comical because it's like, it's odd. Like the, the plays are very obvious hit or error, but you really don't know the the, the people that are the, the official MLB scorers that are in the stadium. I got to imagine that they're saying, listen, if you have the opportunity to give this guy a hit, give him a hit, because what are people going to look at at the end of the season? They're going to look at stats. They Mm -hmm. want, you know, oh, well, this guy played well. We're going to pet like I I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. Eric. I really feel like at some point there might be a 30 for 30 that they do on this (laughs) where it really truly comes out that like there was a strong directive because baseball was a distant fourth in sports for a lot of people that the pace of play, I, I think has really, really helped. Um, but I don't think that necessarily has to be on, on the, whether it's a hit or an error, like I, I it, it's very strange it is yeah uh, it is i don't know and I, again i don't know if that's gonna like you know make people start watching the game like because uh, i mean how often does, does it really happen it really happens you know over the course of of all 30 teams once or twice a week maybe where you get like a questionable one so i don't like i i don't understand what uh you know what what, what the cause is but you know if we're the whistleblowers here and and manfred sends some guys after us maybe we can ask them listen um what are your feelings on the because I think the other thing that makes people question the scoring, the umpire is, is the the visible strike zone on the broadcast. Cause to me, it's 
it's accentuating the inaccuracies because if you the way that I think about it is like if that box were not on the screen, some of those calls I wouldn't question at all. But I see that box and then I see the ball and I see it light up and then I see them cut to the the three dimensional, you know, <laughs> simulation to show me exactly where it is where and it exactly crosses. where it crosses the line and and I really feel like like you're highlighting the inaccuracies, even though you're showing me how accurate it is. You're highlighting the human error, which only is pushing people to be like, all right, well, why do we need these guys? Like, why do we need the umpires? If we can just have the strike zone and we have a human back there that just says ball or strike, like the, the pitch comm technology is already in place. So you can't tell me that you couldn't have that communication be as instantaneous as the pitch comm is. I just, something to me says like, figure it out, baseball, like major league baseball, like whatever you want to do, whatever it is, just put it out there, put it out for everybody to hear everybody see so that we're not trying to come up with conspiracy theories to try to explain why, you know, a guy gets a ball hit to him in the infield, he bobbles it, throws it to first, and the guy's and, and it scored a hit. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't know, I don't know if they'll tell us, but with the strike zone thing, I'm with you. I think the um, having it there, it, it uh, I, people already hate umpires anyway, right? Because you know, something goes against their <laughs> yeah, teams. Give us another teams. reason to hate an umpire, right? Right, and so I don't, I don't begrudge the umpires, you know, for making because some of them are, are close calls, right? And the only reason anyone would say that that's a bad call is because they can see where the strike zone is on the TV. Other thing is. The strike zone, you know, kind of can change, right? Like if you have, yeah. you know, if you have Alec Bohm up there, who's what, 6'3", 6'4", versus right. Garrett Stubbs, the, 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 that box is not, because the box doesn't change size and the batter's up there, right? So right. that that throws some things off. Also, you know, and this has kind of been, uh, whether it's fair or not, you know, you get guys like, you get a rookie pitcher, right? They're not going to get the benefit of the doubt on the outside of the plate all the time. Whereas, you know, if you see Garrett Cole, he's probably going to get the benefit of the doubt a little bit more because he's been there. He's earned, you know, his, his, his spot in the game and everything. So I, I don't necessarily know if I, I don't have a, a strong opinion either way, but what you're saying about highlighting the inaccuracies is definitely making people way more anti umpire uh, than, yeah. than it's helping anything. Um, so I don't know. I, I, and you're right. There, there could be something where, you know, you have the ump back there, right. And, you know, something dings if it's, if it's in the strike zone or, or, you know, does a different, thing when it's when it's out of the zone kind of like they do with the right. pitch com hot take about pitch com i hate the pitch com absolutely hate it um, i think listen as someone who caught all the way through college i hate it i hate i like i hate everything about it it, it to I me it takes all no go ahead it, it takes that whole element out of the out of the game that and listen I'm not gonna sit. Be, I'm, I'm not gonna be like old man on, on on my porch yelling at the kids in my lawn. But like, <laughs> it, it, there, there's something about that human communication that I think that's an element of the game that you now took out completely. And I think that has a lot to do with what happened with the Astros with the sign stealing than it does with anything, because now 
unless you're intercepting that signal, you, there, there's really not a way to do that based on the fact that like you used to, you know, they used to, you know, touch different parts of their face or their shoulders or their hat or whatever, whatever that signal was. And they're, that human element of being able to have somebody on your team that that was their job to try to figure out what that sequence was, what that, what, what, I just, I don't, I don't like it. I think you're implementing a piece of technology into the game that really didn't need to be there. Right. Yeah. And I think what, you know, part of the whole thing here was to, you know, implementing the pitch clock was to speed up the game. How many times do you see pitchers and catchers conveniently have broken pitch comms when they're about to get, you know, a a pitch clock violation. And you're right. I mean, it takes away that I, I get they're doing it to try to avoid the sign stealing thing. But to me, if you have a runner on second base and he's able to pick up what you're doing, that's on you. Figure it out. Like I, the whole Astros thing and using technology, that's absolutely like that. Should, that that's cheating. That's that. But if you're not trying it, like you're looking for advantages, right? Like if a, if a pitcher's tipping pitches, you know, hit it because he's got to learn not to do that. If you're playing football, right, the defense is going to obviously try to guess what type of play the offense is doing and they're going to look for things, right? They're going to watch film. You can do the same thing in baseball and say, okay, this guy does this before he drops a curveball, right? This guy does this before he throws a fastball or pick up the signs. It's part of the game. And, you know, I think to me, Pitchcom, all it does is it, it slows things down because there's constantly problems with it. I mean, I don't, there's no possible way that every time this happens, there's a problem with it, right? I mean, there's no way Major League <laughs> Baseball would invest in technology that that breaks three times a game. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's true. So it's I'm true. like, to me, I, I think it's, it's adding a different element of cheating now because now you're skirting yeah. the pitch clock. So I don't know. It, it's, uh, to me, it's stupid. I hate it. Well, and listen, you, you remember the game with the Marlins earlier this year with Kimbrell, right? Where, mm-hmm. you know, he, he takes, he assumed and was – probably a right assumption that the Marlins are stealing, like they're, they're stealing signs because the, you know, you have the, the guy that was on second, you know, rubbing his head. If it was a fastball, rubbing his chest, if it was a curveball, to the point where Kimbrell takes the intentional balk mm-hmm. to get that, to, to move that runner off of that base. Like I just, yeah, you know, that to me, like that to me is traditional baseball. Yeah. Right. Like I mean, it's been part of the game for how long? Right. You're looking for those in the, the, those sequences, or you're looking for those inaccuracies, which are part, which for me, I feel like are part of the game. You take the pitch com and it, 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 it sort of pseudo takes that element out of it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I mean, they're not going to get rid of it, you know, because no, no, no. the, the players probably like it because, you know, there, there's certain benefits to it. But just from like a, a fan perspective, if I have to see one more reliever who, you know, can't can't get the pitch in in 15 seconds, you know, take his hat off and act like something's wrong there. It just right. it makes me scream because I'm like baseball. The whole thing you're trying to do here is speed up the game. And now you're basically adding an next another 15 seconds so they can run out a, a second and third pitch comp to this guy. So right. I don't know. I'm, I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But listen, around around Major League Baseball, what 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 are you seeing kind of leading you know into we're, we're kind of going into September into the last month month of the regular season? What, what are you seeing? What are you looking forward to around around Major League Baseball? Um, 
couple things. One thing I was looking forward to was the Angels coming to Philly and possibly seeing Otani pitch. That's not going to happen now. I'm sure we'll talk about Otani in a minute. But uh, one thing that's really interesting to look at right now is the AL West. Uh, the Rangers were like leading the division since like April 12th. Then you got the Astros obviously in, in the mix, but the Mariners are on an eight game winning streak and they just tied the Rangers for the division lead. And I think if I remember seeing the schedule correctly, all three of those teams play each other in the last like two weeks of, of the season. Yeah. So schedule makers, great job making that happen. Cause that's going to be some really intriguing baseball if, if, if this keeps up. So it, I, you know, never really thought I'd be sitting here talking about the AL West instead of like the AL East, but it, it yeah. should be a good, it should be a, um, an interesting, interesting division showdown there. Cause there's a lot of divisions in baseball where I feel like there's the, the winner of the divisions already decided, right? The NL East, NL West, AL Central. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, yeah, you've I mean, got yeah, in, in the, the NL Central, right? The, the, the twins have a six game lead on the, on the, on the, Indians, on the guard. And everyone the that just stinks. Yeah, I mean, Minnesota is leading that division with 67 wins. Yeah. Um, but I would, literally, you were you, you took the topic right out of my mouth, right? You've got three teams in the AOS that are sitting with 72 wins that are tied. You know, they're they're essentially all tied for the lead. It's it's just wild that that yeah. that West. But the team that surprises me most that I did not see coming at all is the is the Orioles. It's really really good. For Major League Baseball to have the Orioles be relevant again, um, because that stadium obviously remind that that stadium was the stadium that kicked off the that style of stadium mm-hmm. around Major League Baseball, um, and that city gets behind their team, and it's really nice that they were able to do it very generically. They did it, they, you know, they build it through their farm system. They they don't sign a ton of high price like they they do their work in terms of drafting and then developing players i just love everything about baltimore and listen there is something nice about having both new york teams sitting in last place even if the yankees have 62 wins it is really nice that, that the yankees and mets are both sitting in last place yeah i agree uh the orioles are crazy because they're like an accelerated rebuild where they've they, I don't think they're actually planning on being this good yet this year. Um, I don't think so either. Yeah, and it's 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 they're like they have such a fun team to watch. Also, they, really they have the number one uh, ranked farm system still in baseball. So, like they're going to be good for an extended period of time, barring oh, wow. you know, injuries or terrible player development or something like that. But obviously, they have a good player development system. Um, so yeah, that's it's, it's been really fun to watch them. Uh, I've you know, watched quite a few of their games. The Yankees being in last is, you know, objectively hilarious for everyone except for Yankees fans. Because I don't think right. there's a fan base in baseball that actually likes the Yankees or their fans, right? Like, those teams I just don't care about, right? Like, Kansas City right. Royals, okay, if they're in last, uh, I don't – I can't kind of feel bad for them, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. It doesn't really no matter. for the Yankees. And I saw some – I really wish they, – so they ended up losing two or three to, to, to Washington – but they they did it in in the, in the wrong order for me because if they would have lost, I think it was either Wednesday or Thursday night. I think it was Wednesday night. If they would have lost that game, it would have been ten in a row. They have not lost ten in a row since the Woodrow Wilson administration. So wow. that would have been. I was really, really, really hoping they did it. You know, they lost nine in a row, and I think the last time they did it was like 1982. But there's a drastic difference between you know 
1982 and, and World War One. So um, wow. it was uh, it, I was really hoping for that. The Mets being in last place is also, you know, also funny. But for that's I, I like that's, that's reading, bitter. That's, that's bittersweet. It is. Considering it is. where the new owner, tons of money, spend a lot of money. The fact that they sold as much as they sold at that trade deadline. Good God. Like that, yeah. it, that one is like the fact that the nationals have leapfrogged them. It feels really good. It does. It does. There's two things. One, it's like, it is kind of fun having that Phillies Mets rivalry where it's like, you just, you, you want to hate them. I still do, but it's more fun to hate them when you're like right. kind of going back and forth there. Like just think like Oh seven, Oh eight, like those runs were really fun. And that's really where I developed I think my, I developed a, a hatred for the Mets that actually might run deeper than than Dallas. Um, but Ooh. the thing about the Mets is is that I think I read somewhere if they finish, you know, last, obviously they're going to be higher up. They might finish in the top ten, I think, for next year's draft. Draft. And if they do that, I don't think there's 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 a penalty or there's not as big a penalty for the luxury tax. If they finish outside of that, because of how much money they spent they would have to lose 10 pick spots. So like, I think if it was like, if they drafted like 12, right, they would move back to 22. So wow. what would be even more funny is if they don't finish in last, they have a complete wasted season, spent 400 million or whatever on their payroll, and then get penalized for being terrible again at the end of the season because they spent so much money. So that's really what I'm hoping. So I'm actually hoping they go on a little hot streak and you know, kind of finish in like that middle of the pack in baseball. So that way they lose draft picks and Ooh. it doesn't just affect them this year. It affects them, you know, the next couple of years. So if we're rooting to really that. against that's, the Mets, that's how we want to root. I love that. I love that. That's that, that's that's some uh, that's some deep digging knowledge right there. I love that. I'll and then you, also, yeah. also, if you look like the end of the season, right, they're going to end the season. The last three series that they're going to play are going to be against the Mets, the Pirates, and the Mets. So it's like if, if there's any – wiggle room that they're going to need to, you know, kind of stack some wins. They're going to have the opportunity against, you know, two franchises that essentially sold whatever they could at the trade deadline. Um, and really those teams have not been playing for anything really all season long. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, but it's, it, it's one of those things where it's like those, those, you know, on paper should be easy series. I feel like division series are always tough though. So, you know, the Mets yeah. while I don't have any pitching. I, I, I get nervous having to rely on the, on the, on that last series in, in New York. Cause I feel like the Mets, you know, they, there's obviously that rivalry with the Phillies, right? They're going to try mm -hmm. to ruin the Phillies season. And now last year we went out to Pittsburgh. Oh, actually, no, this is what the, Pittsburgh comes to us this time, mm -hmm. but I feel yes. like for some reason, I know we swept them in Pittsburgh last year. I don't remember what we did with at home against them last year. But I feel like we always kind of struggle against Pittsburgh, uh, where like it should be a sweep or an easy series win, and we'll, you know we usually get one or maybe two. But I feel like you know this Pittsburgh team is just it, they start out the year better than I think people expected, but that was just starting out the year hot. They aren't really that good of a team, uh, but it is nice to kind of have you know have that work on paper. You should win what six out of those nine games, right? So, but you never know yeah. what's going to happen. But it is nice. So I know we do have one more Braves series coming up. Uh, yeah, so that that series. That one, right? So uh, September 11th, they put they start a four game stretch with the Braves at home, mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go at St. Louis and then they play three in Atlanta. So, so wow, had- seven in against the Braves in September. So that, you know, that's, it's, yeah, it's a good, it's a good test. See, see what we measure up against, how we measure up against them there. And that's, um, and that's what I thought, like, like you, you have, you're going to have some games in September that are going to be meaningful that meaningful. you're, that I think, and here's the other thing I thought about Eric is like the Braves are so far running away with this, that they're going to have a really long stretch, but they're not playing a ton of meaningful games. And then, at the end of the season, because they're going to have that number one seed, they're going to have a ton of – they're going to have almost a week off before they play that first playoff game. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything that I've learned about Major League Baseball and the playoffs, the last thing you need when you're playing well is time off. Yep. Because we saw what happened with the Braves last year, right? They had all that time off, and they come into Philadelphia, and the Phillies – you know, had just ripped off the series with the with the Cardinals. They couldn't have come in hotter, and the right. it just it was literally just like clockwork. So, like those those series to start September at Milwaukee at San Diego are going to be really important series, right? Really good tests on the road teams that are you know Milwaukee is a playoff team, San Diego has the talent to be a playoff team, but is kind of waffling back and forth on whether or not they want to be. Um, but they're going to have some tests in September where I feel like the Braves, the Braves are kind of going to, they're going to be trying to play that we're going to play good enough to set up our rotation, keep our guys hot, get guys rest. That inconsistency and that time off, I feel like it's something that a team like the Phillies, if they're playing through that time, could really capitalize on. Right. When teams come in hot to the playoffs, right, that's that's basically how, how you make a deep run like the Phillies did last year. I, I Even 08, right? I mean, you look at some of those other teams in, in the playoffs, I that later, 09, 10, 11, the Phillies were probably the, be- the best team in the NL some of those years. I don't think 08, the year they actually won it, I don't think they were actually the best team. Like, look, if you look at the rotation that year. It's, it's crazy that they won a, a World Series of that rotation, right? Cole Hamels was your one. You had Brett Myers as your two. Jamie Moyer as your three. Jamie Moyer was, like, already, like, 45 or 46 years old at that point. So, it's, like, it's it's all about coming in hot, right? And if you and I really think killing momentum like that hat is, is a big deal. Um, you know, even, like, last year, we saw none of the teams that had that, 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 that time off really, really did well. And I know from a strategic standpoint, the less games you play – the better chance you have, right? You got to win less games to make it to the World Series. So, from a strategic standpoint, obviously, you're not going to sit there and blow games to to try to you know get into the to the wild card series. But um, and you know, there's benefits to it too, right? You're get if your your guys get anyone who's banged up gets a couple extra days off. Your bullpen gets gets rested. So there's benefits to it. But yeah, I mean, if you're if you're not the best team going into the playoffs, or you know, if you if you develop any rust during that that extended time uh, off there. It could definitely put a damper on 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 your playoff potential. I think. And listen, you have like look no further than what I would probably argue is probably one of the best Phillies teams, right? That that team that loses that game five to the Cardinals at home. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals couldn't have come in hotter, right? And yep. you just caught Chris Carpenter on a on a day where he was just electric, and just went toe to toe. 
there were so many out you you put yourself in that position where you needed something electric to happen and it just couldn't happen for that game. It just didn't. And that's a team I would probably argue probably was their best team out of that whole stretch. If you look at that rotation, no, that, uh, rotation. that rotation was like just bullet after bullet after bullet. And yeah, that team, I feel like if that team had won that series, I feel like they could have won that, that team probably was good enough to go on and win a world series. Oh, they were so good. Actually, um, a guy, uh, Tim Kelly, I think, from um, Phillies Nation interviewed Hunter Pence because he was with the Giants broadcast booth. Oh, right, I, was right. reading, I was reading his article about that. Yes, he talked to Hunter Pence about that team. And, you know, Pence was only here. He got traded at the trade deadline. Um, right. But, you know, Pence was saying, he's like, it was, he's like, I am devastated, basically, that we, we lost that. Like, we were such a good team. It was like, it was the best team I was ever on. And, you, yeah, you look at that rotation. Even though, I mean, the lineup was just so deep. Um but yeah, they just you know they couldn't get anything going that game, and you know Hall- Halliday gives up one run, goes eight innings. Carpenter goes nine innings, giving up zero. It's like how how much more frustrating can it be when you have a lineup with that with that potential? But that just shows you know it's not always the best team that that, that gets it. Um, so there's always it, just get in, and you know anything can happen. I listen. I I remember just being crushed. I remember that, oh, that like that. Series, that was also that was when like, Howard blew out his Achilles, right? Was that that game? I think it was it that game against the card. I think it was. Was it? God, I probably it was. It was. It was equally. Uh, it was you know equal, even more so devastating. Um, yeah, and that was the beginning of the end for for him. That too. was that was basically yeah. I mean he he never really fully recovered from that. Um, but yeah, I just remember watching that one, and that was that was a that was that was a crushing loss, but. Yeah, I think wow. that's why, you know, if we get the, you know, if, if, if the Braves get in, you know, they're, they're a hot team um, and obviously probably the best team in, in baseball right now. Yeah. But uh, there's, there's, you know, there's all, there, there is that chance, like, especially, you know, we saw what would happen when they came to Philly last year that we ended up, you know, winning, you know, kill them here. So yeah, never know. Never know. Listen, final, let, let, let's roll into final thoughts. What do you got? Just keep winning series. Just keep winning series. Take two, take or you know, if, if we have to split any four game series, mm-hmm. just you can't and, and beat the teams you have to beat. Take care of business. Um, you know, it's it's always great to to beat teams that are better than you, but you know, it's it's you, the, look what the Phillies did last year, right? In in August and September, they finally beat teams they had to beat. It got them in the playoffs, and yeah, you know, we had one of the most fun falls that we've had in you know a decade or so. So, and this team. I think is more fun, uh, definitely more talented. Um, so I, I, I just really, you know, and, and you see, they added a new, uh, a new song to the, to the, the, the playlist. Alex Ooh. Coffee talked to Gareth Stubbs about it. Believe what is by it? Cher. Believe by Cher. Ooh. And I'm telling you, so okay. I, I, I can't tell you the last time I actually like. I don't think I've actually ever actively sought out to listen to that song. But after reading, I'm like, yeah, you know what? That, that, let's because he's like, yeah, the song kicks ass. It's a banger. So. I'm going back and listening to it. Love, and I'm like, I love that. you know what? I'm like, actually, I never really would have thought that, but I just picture, you know, I just picture Stubbs in those, uh, you know, the Phillies overalls and, uh, you know, Schwarber like chugging a beer and Marsh just acting like a lunatic to, and, and just hearing Believe blasting in the background. And I just have visions of an awesome, awesome October. I love it. I love it. Listen, I, I couldn't have said it any better, man. That's like, 
you, you just, you feel the feels of this team, right? And I love the way that this team kind of relies on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see the camaraderie, you know, every time there's someone that's getting a big hit or big, right. It, it's, and, and the thing, you know, I'm a, Kylie put out the, the picture of Trey Turner right before the ovation where he looks just like he's carrying Ejected, the weight yeah. of the world. And then the, the side by side, the picture of the picture of him post game after he gets the game winning hit and just the facial feature, just looking at him, he just looks like the weight of the world is just kind of lifted off him. And I really think like that's, that's has everything to do with this fan base with this team, how they're coming together, how they play for each other. Um, and I really like, I, I'm with you. I, I had no idea about the song, but I'm about to, as soon as we drop off, <laughs> I'm going to go add that to the, to the playlist and, and just really just try to ride the momentum just like we did last year, right? We rode that Phillies momentum right into the Eagles when they were, you know, about to be eight. No, mm-hmm. I, I feel like the, these two teams are really converging on this like battle for battle who can outdo each other. Um, yep. And as crushing as it was to have both of them fall short last year, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It, it really, no. I, I would rather be in this position than, and I'm sure there are fans all over major league baseball. You would rather be in the position that we were in last year, having the opportunity to win the world series versus a team like the A's or a team like the Royal, like those teams that are just floundering mm-hmm. teams are trying to move. I just love this city. I love how this team gets behind it. So, yep. Go, Phils. Listen, I'm Don. That's Eric. We're we were drunk on the fightings today. We're uh, go check out the stuff on, on on the link tree. Go check out the old episodes. We got a lot of cool stuff coming out. Um, I'm gonna be on tomorrow with Mark talking a little Phillies, little Flyers. Um, go check out the the fired up. Uh, podcast network the the shows that we you know talked about at the beginning of the episode go phils go phils